Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and it is just so great to be here today with you. And if you haven't heard Activate before, you can search for Activate Jillian Pelkey on iTunes or SoundCloud and uh, catch up on some past episodes that I've done before. So if you are joining for the first time from Hope for a Women's Heart event in Lake George this past weekend, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're listening. It was so great to meet people uh, at that conference last week and just to see the Lord work in so many hearts and lives. Will you bow your hearts with me as we get ready to go into the Word of God together? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for each and every person that's listening. God, I thank you for drawing us closer to your heart. And Lord, I ask that you would speak so clearly to us today, that there wouldn't be any doubt in our heart that you're speaking, that God, we would know who you are and we would be quick to listen, obey, and to trust you. God, speak through me today, God, in this moment, speak through your word. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name and we trust you, amen. All right. We are going to dive right into one of the most famous pieces of scripture besides John 3.16, and that is Psalm 23. Psalm 23 was written by King David. He was a shepherd himself, and he was out in the field taking care of his sheep most of the time before he became the king of God's people, the Israelites. So let's take a look at Psalm 23. It says this, really let this sink in. I'm going to try to talk a little slower. So you can really get it. Psalm 23. Sometimes I talk way too fast, but I'm going to slow down. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go back and repeat that again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. Here's David, and he is a shepherd of sheep. He is the keeper of flocks of sheep, and so it's his job to ward off thieves that might come. It's his job to ward off wolves and bears and whoever might come to try to destroy the sheep. The thing about a shepherd is a shepherd isn't just another sheep who's the best sheep of the herd. It's not a sheep who's climbed the ladder of success. It's not just a very, very wise sheep or a very, very strong sheep or a very, very big sheep. 
A shepherd is a whole other type of being. A shepherd is beyond what a sheep could ever be on a sheep's best day. It could not be a shepherd. The best sheep to ever live could not be a shepherd. And so when we look at at a shepherd, as God as our shepherd, it's so powerful. The implications of that are so powerful. God is supernatural. He is beyond what I could ever be on my very best day. Top of my game. I'm not God. So to look and know that God is beyond us, that God is smarter than us, that God is supernatural, he is God. We would be quick to listen to his voice. We would be wise to listen to our shepherd. And David recognizes that God is his shepherd, that God will lead him. And when things are going good, God is there. When things are going bad, God is there to lead him through it. When he's in the presence of his enemies, God is there. When he's uh, overflowing with joy and anointing, God is there. And God will be there all the days of his life. And so it is true in my life. And so it is true in your life. We're going to turn all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. We're going to be hanging out in the first couple books of the Bible here in Genesis and Exodus. And there's a really catching thing here um, in the end of Genesis. So if we look at the story of the Bible, and really quick, we, we take a look at the first uh, people ever created. God created male and female, created both of them in the image of God. He created male in the image of God, female in the image of God. Um, and so when we look at the lineage going down, we're going to get to right where we're at right now. It starts with Adam. And Adam and Eve have Seth. Seth all the way down to Noah. Remember Noah in the ark. Noah has a son named Shem. Shem all the way down to Abram, who God changes his name to Abraham. And Abraham becomes the father of the nation of Israel. So Abraham is the father of our faith. Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. And Jacob, God changes Jacob's name to Israel. He said, you should be called Israel. And you will be the the um, the name that the people will be called for all time after this. So it's the nation of Israel, the Jewish people that God creates through the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jacob, who's called Israel, is on his deathbed and he is breathing his last breath. And he says in uh, Genesis chapter 48, we're going to turn there, Genesis 48, he's got all of his children around him. He's got his son Joseph around him. And he says these words. He says, Uh, 48 verse 15. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, may the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. And then he pronounces a, a blessing. But he recognizes the authority of God, the leading of God, that God has led him all the days of his life. Not only has God led him, but his father and his father before him. And he's saying to his son, Joseph, that God will also lead you all the days of your life, that he is your shepherd. Again, in in verse 49, or in chapter 49, uh, verse 24, he repeats something very similar. Um, He's pronouncing a blessing again. um, And he says, because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you. And he goes on to pronounce this blessing, but he calls out God as his shepherd, as his rock. I want to talk today about God's guidance in our lives. 
When God speaks, our shepherd speaks, we shouldn't just listen. We should obey. How do we know that God's speaking to us? Well, he speaks to us very clearly through the Bible. There are some things that are written here that we can read as commands. We can read as uh, black and white instructions over our lives. That's the voice of our shepherd. That's the voice of one beyond us. That's the voice of one who says, I will be with you in the darkest day and in the happiest day. He's the one who's, who's giving us guidelines and boundaries for our protection and for our freedom. For our freedom. Every good gift is from God, but the world can pervert good gifts. So, for instance, a very easy example is love. Love is such a good gift from God, but it can very easily be perverted. We see that in uh, prostitution and pornography. We see um, that in lust, and we see that in so many other ways that this gift of God, this love, can be perverted. So many other things, the good gifts of God can easily be perverted to be Uh, unhealthy or unhelpful in our lives. And so the commands of God are to uh, help us to cherish and to use the gifts that God has given us appropriately. So God speaks to us plainly through the Bible. He speaks to us through the preaching of the Bible, through pastors and teachers, prophets and evangelists. The other way that God speaks is directly to us. The Word of God, the Bible, teaches that He is Emmanuel, God with us. That His voice speaks right to our hearts in prayer. So in prayer, we come before the Lord and we can talk and ask God and confess things and and pour out our hearts before the Lord. Cast all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. We can talk and, and, and just express ourselves before the Lord. But then a very, very important part is to stop and to listen. To quiet our hearts before the Lord and listen. God, what are you saying to me? And to hear the voice of God, there's nothing more powerful and precious than to hear the voice of God. And once we hear the voice of God, we have only two options, obey or not obey. There's no muddled middle ground, God, I'll do kind of, because kind of is disobedience. So when our shepherd speaks to us, we can obey or not obey. I think that most of us. For me, the issue is not even obedience as much as not even listening, not even sitting before the Lord to hear what he would say. And I'm guilty of going through day after day without sitting before my shepherd and saying, God, what do you have for me? Or how do you want me to handle this relationship or this thing in my day to day? Not my big scale picture, although I do go to the Lord for the big scale picture, but God, what do you have for today? Who do you have me to talk to or be with or encourage? Or what do you have me to refrain from today? God, I sit before you. And we need to find ourselves in that place every single day. My husband, John, and I have been beginning this practice of being silent before the Lord, of um, teaching ourselves by literally setting a timer on our phone to sit silently before the Lord and to quiet our hearts, quiet our minds, and hear from God. This is the opposite of what culture would teach us. And there's such a, a, a beautiful example for us in, in Exodus. So you have... Um, We talked about Jacob, who was called Israel. He was the the father. 
of of our faith abraham isaac jacob and he had a son named joseph that he was blessing and as he's blessing joseph he's saying oh, god is my shepherd all the days of my life and uh so joseph and his sons and his sons and his sons and his sons for generations are living in the land of egypt and they soon became so great in number that the pharaoh the leader of the egyptian people looked at the nation of israel and said they're growing too large and if we don't rule over them then one day they could easily rise up and overtake us so they enslaved god's people they enslaved the nation of israel the nation of jacob and for generations they became the slaves of the egyptians building uh, bricks for their temples and 400 plus years, the people of God are enslaved. And then God raises up a man named Moses. And he says, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. Go to the leader of all this land. This is God literally speaking to him. And he says, I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Let them go into the desert to worship me. And I want to show you guys freedom. I want to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. So flowing with blessing. So... The account is in is in Exodus, and it's a fantastic account, and it's worth reading. But Moses says um, Moses goes through an entire you know situation here, and we're not going to get into the the ins and outs of of what Moses does. But he keeps going to Pharaoh and saying, "Let people, let my people go." Pharaoh says, "No." And then the Lord gives Moses the ability to pronounce a plague on the Egyptian people. There's all these different plagues. Every time a plague happens, Pharaoh then says, Oh, okay, okay, you can leave, you can leave. Moses stops the plague and he changes his mind, hardens his heart and says, No, the people are staying. So they go through all these plagues. Well, in the middle of one of these plagues, I want to talk about two, two aspects of this situation. You've got God's people watching these plagues. Watching this happen, having been enslaved for generations, not knowing freedom. Their their grandmothers don't know freedom. Their, their great-grandmothers don't know freedom. And to begin to imagine freedom and their thought process and then also the Pharaoh's thought process through this. So um, God is speaking to the Israelite people and God is also the, the good people and he's also speaking to the, the bad guy. So here's what happens when God speaks to the bad guy, to Pharaoh. Um, we're going to look in Exodus chapter 8, uh, right around verse 10. And Moses speaks to Pharaoh. And this is after the plague of frogs. So there's all these different plagues. It's the plague of frogs. And um, Moses is having this exchange. He says, you know, uh, we'll start in verse 8. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and, and I will let your people go. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray and your officials and your people that you and your house may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. And here's, here's the Pharaoh's response. He says, Tomorrow. Tomorrow, says Pharaoh. And then when there was relief from the frogs, he hardened his heart again. So here is the Pharaoh, and he has the ability to stop the plague right away, and he says, tomorrow. And then as soon as it happens, he hardens his heart again. So he sees the acts of the Lord and hardens his heart. He doesn't take heed to what God has done. How does this apply to me? I know that the Lord wants to speak to me. 
I know that the Lord wants to do something in my life. I know that the Lord is uh, kind of beckoning me to come and sit before him and be with him. And many times I answer in the same tone of Pharaoh of Egypt and I say, tomorrow. I'll get to that tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll see the hand of the Lord move in my life. Not today. Today, I want to continue in the filth that I'm in. Today, I want to continue in the ways that I've always been walking. Tomorrow, God. Tomorrow, I'll turn my heart to you. And then, likewise, when the miracles of God happens in our lives, we are grateful for the miracle. We're happy for the relief. But it's only for our own temporary relief before we, again, harden our hearts again. God keeps coming to us, knocking on the door of our hearts, and we say, tomorrow, God. Tomorrow, I'll get to you. Tomorrow, I'll sit before you. Tomorrow, I'll listen. And then even when he talks, we harden our hearts. So that's one way that the Lord is speaking in this account. The other way is that the Lord was speaking to his people, to the, the, the nation of Israel, to God's holy people. God was speaking to them. And we're going to look back in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. Moses is the mouthpiece for God. He is speaking on behalf of the Lord. God is giving him messages for the people of God, and he's reporting them to him. And so in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, Moses reported this to the Israelites but they did not listen. Let that sit for a second. The voice of God spoke to the people, but they did. These are the people of God, and they did not listen. They did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Because of their discouragement and harsh labor. We have all been in the valley of discouragement. These people were so discouraged, they had been in captivity for 400 plus years. So because of their discouragement, they would not listen to the Lord. And because of the busyness, their harsh labor, that they were working, 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 and they were discouraged. And I think it's such a picture of our society today. It's such a picture of me. It's such a picture of so many others that we are in the middle of harsh labor that our, our time is so filled up with things. We are so busy and we are so discouraged. It's, it's two hands holding, the hand of discouragement and the hand of busyness, and they're holding on to each other and they're not opening themselves up to the Lord. They can't hear the Lord because of discouragement and busyness. You know, this busyness was forced upon them. They were slaves. They had to build these bricks. They had to do what they were told to do. And many of us in our lives, we are in the same place. We have to go to our job. We have to pick our kids up from daycare. We have to run here and go here and do this and do that. And we are in the middle of busyness. And we are also in the depths of discouragement. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen because of their discouragement and harsh labor. How is it we can hear the voice of the Lord when we're so discouraged? How is it we can hear the voice of the Lord when we're so busy? How is it that if even the ungodly Pharaoh can't listen to the Lord, how is it that we, the people of God, can listen to the, to the voice of the Lord? How do we unstop our ears to sit before God and to listen? Well, in the next episode of, of 
the Activate podcast, I'm going to be talking uh, heavily about the idea of Sabbath and rest, the idea of setting aside time for God, of carving out and making time to spend in the presence of God. But I'll tell it to us simply for this week. Is that when God speaks, we have to trust and listen that he is the shepherd, that he is above, that he knows more. So when we hear the still small voice of God and the still small voice of God can come in the middle of sitting, uh, waiting in the pickup line to pick up our kids from school, the voice of God can come in the middle of the grocery store when we've got a list seven miles long. The voice of God can come in the midst of our harsh labor, in the midst of the, the deepest discouragement. God's voice can speak. But as if we choose to listen, will we be like Pharaoh and say, Ah, God, I know you want to speak, but tomorrow. God, I know that you just did a miracle, but I'm just not there yet. I just don't want to get in all, all on this God thing. I'm just going to continue in the way that I've always gone. That's so many of us. That God's beckoning us. God's uh, calling to us tomorrow, God. And then even when he shows us great miracles, we just... Turn back to how we've always done things. And then the other example of God's people who are just so discouraged and so busy that they just can't. So how is it we listen? When we hear the voice of God, we stop. We have to trust that God knows more than us, that he really is not just another sheep, it's not just another self-help book. It's not just another good idea. It's not just another meme or it's not just another thing that we saw on social media. It's the, the voice of the living God, which has the power to transform our hearts and lives. The account of the people of Israel, they were set free. A million plus people marched out of Egypt to go out to the land that God had promised them. And God began to retrain their, their minds and their hearts and their attitudes to be a people of God, to be a people who could hear and see God's hand move. I want to be a person who leaves the slavery of busyness and discouragement. I want to be a person of God who listens to his voice and is quick to obey because God wants to lead each of us out of that bondage of, of despair and into a life filled with listening to his voice. The Lord promises us that he will provide everything that we need, our clothes, our food, our peace, a peace that the world can't give us, a peace that passes all understanding. He promises us that he is bigger than just another sheep, that he is the shepherd, and he wants to guide and watch over us. He is a blueprint for our lives. And if we would quiet our hearts, if we would listen, and then if we would obey what he says, our lives would be radically different than the rest of the world. Our lives would be radically different. Or we can say, tomorrow, God. Tomorrow, God. I'll go sit before you tomorrow. But today, God's calling out to you. Will you take some moments and listen? And if you've gotten this far in this podcast, then you have enough time to listen. If you would set your um, phone timer for two minutes and be quiet before the Lord and listen to what he would say. If you would set before the Lord before you put your head on the pillow, as you get into bed, keep your light on for a little longer. Read Psalm 23. Meditate on it. Think about it. The word in, in the Bible that we use for meditate is Selah. Think about it. Let it rest. Let it sit in your heart. 
Pour over the words of scripture. Listen to Psalm 23. What is God saying to you? Because he is a God above us. He is a God beyond time and space. He's a God who can speak through the words of scripture right to our very situations and our hearts. And he has a word directly for you. So God, what are you saying to me? God, what is the direction of my life? God, I will listen. And God, whatever you say, I will be quick to obey and to begin to learn this life of trusting you. Because as Moses listens to the voice of God and listens to his direction, he was able to lead a million people out of bondage and slavery that they had been in forever. And God can lead you out of bondage and slavery that has been in your family and in your life for generations. He can be the one, we call him the chain breaker, the curse taker awayer. He is the God who died on a cross to defeat sin in our lives, to change everything. He is the one who sets us free. He sets us free in a way that nothing else can because he's not just another sheep. He's the shepherd. And he comes and he says, if you will abide in me, if you will come close to me, I will give you rivers of living water. I will give you life and life abundantly. I will give you everything that you need. The Bible teaches that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else, everything else will be added unto you. That if you uh, seek the Lord, you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. So many times in the Bible, there's like four places that the Lord says that the eyes of the Lord search the earth looking for one, just one that is completely his. When we look at the account of Caleb in the Bible, he says, but Caleb had a different spirit. His heart was for me. If we could settle our hearts before God and let our hearts before God and our ears to be open. God, what are you saying to me in my life for this season, for this moment, for today, for Thursday? In November 2019, for me and this family, has you created me? God, what do you have for me today? And if we would listen and not harden our hearts like Pharaoh and not say tomorrow like Pharaoh and not be too discouraged and too overworked to listen, but to say, God, I turn my ear to you. God, I turn my eyes upon Jesus. I turn my attention to you. You are the way maker. You are the one who sees beyond time and space. You are the one who understands all of history and the intentions of our hearts and all of of who we are is laid bare before you. So God, I want to turn and listen to your voice, not my own, to yours. God, what do you have for me today? When we look at the lineage of the Bible, I talked about Adam and Seth and Noah and Shem and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. We are in the lineage of the people of God. We are not some far off people that God wants to ignore. He says that everyone can draw near to him. That all who call on his name will be saved. If we call on the name of the Lord, he will speak to us and show us great and mighty things that we do not yet know. I think the verse is in Jeremiah. It says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Great things you don't know. Mighty things that you don't know. That you don't know. You don't know. God wants to pour his spirit out on all flesh. In the book of Joel and in Acts, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will have visions. God has an open hand to humanity because he loves us. He created us. We're not far off. He, we are his and he is ours. I am my beloved's and he is mine. And if we would draw close to him today, open our ears today, even in the midst of busyness and discouragement, God, I want to hear your voice. God, whatever you say, I'll do. God, I want to trust you. 
So I want to encourage you today to find time to be alone with your creator, God, to be alone with your shepherd. And I'm going to read Psalm 23 one more time. And I hope that it just sets in your heart. I hope that the Lord truly will be your shepherd. That he really truly will be the guide for your life. That you'll allow him to ward off anything that's bad, to protect you, and to guide you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you desire to speak to us, your people. You're not a far off God that doesn't care or doesn't see. You are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees us. And God, I pray that today we would turn our hearts, we would turn our attentions, our minds, our lives upon you. And we would look into the fullness of who you are. God, I pray that you would speak to us, your people, and that we would be quick to obey and to trust the word of the Lord. God, open our ears to hear whatever you would say to us. God, maybe you've spoken to to people through the, the Bible and through the scripture today, but God, I know that you have a word for each and every one of us. So open our ears, open our hearts to hear you today. Help us to not be like Pharaoh and say, I'll do that tomorrow. Help us to do it today. Help us to not be like Pharaoh who see your miracles and then decide not to trust. Help us to see your miracles and walk in them and believe. God, help us not to be like the Israelite people who were too discouraged, who were too busy to hear and listen to you. God, help us to turn our attention to you in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of our busyness. Open our ears, God, as we walk through our daily tasks and our daily activities to hear your voice. You are Emmanuel, God, with us. God, we ask that you would be with us, that we would hear your voice. God, change us from the inside out to be Christ followers, to be more like Jesus. God, we give you permission to be the lead in our life. You be the shepherd and we'll be the sheep. God, we trust that you know more and you know better than we know ourselves. So God, we give our lives into your hands. God, I pray that you would protect and be with each and every one of us as we choose to follow you today. God, thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.